everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Long Box, guys. With me, as always, are some of my very favorite people on this planet. Mikey, how you doing, and what are you drinking? I am doing well, Tom, and I am drinking an A&W root beer. What about you? I am drinking mostly a Diet Coke, but I just got a, a – my beautiful wife just brought me over a beautiful scotch. Don't know what it is because there's a couple scotches on the table. I think it's uh, Johnny Walker, but I'm not sure. Let me see. Still can't tell. Tommy, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing all right. I'm drinking some Hamilton's. Hamilton's, it gets it done. <laughs> Hamilton's, you're going to drink your shot. Shot, 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 shot. He's in the room where it happens. He was. He's in the room where he gets drunk. Josh, how are you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing pretty good, and I'm drinking a lovely oak condition alt beer from uh, our friends at Treehouse called At Ease. At Ease, is it a big taste? Oh yeah, it's a, it's huge. It's it's a voluminous. Huge taste, a humongous taste. Would you say it's hulking? <laughs> a hulking taste? Maybe. Does Maybe. it smash? <laughs> would you would you hold a banner up for it? <laughs> I definitely would hold a banner up for it. All right. It's a lovely label. Does it have uh, hints of spruce? <laughs> <laughs> the banner? Yeah. A spruce banner, you're saying? <sighs> And if you haven't already guessed, we're going to be talking incredibly, <laughs> incredibly, we've never talked about The Incredible Hulk, uh, which is blowing my mind right now. Uh, we've talked about a lot of Hulk villains. Uh, I know we've talked about uh, a lot of things tangential to the Hulk and things that have happened around the Hulk and even huge arcs that the Hulk has been involved in, but never about the Hulk himself. And this is a big, big bite to take out of because there's a lot of lore and a lot of different versions of the Hulk that have been out there. Not just the colors, but red, green, gray Hulks, but also retelling and reimagining the story in like the Ultimate Universe and a few other things. Uh, who would like to talk a little bit about the humble oranges of the Hulk? Is it me? Am I the problem? I'm going to say to astonish. No, go ahead. No, no. Give us at least the facts. I'll go over the other stuff. <laughs> created. Uh, I'm. I'm not sure. I believe it was Stanley and Jack Kirby who created the Hulk. First appearing in Tales to Astonish. Don't remember which number. Uh, but basically, Bruce Banner is a expert in gamma radiation. They are going to be testing a gamma bomb. He sees a young Rick Jones off in the distance and runs out to save him. How he thinks he's going to do this, I don't know. But he tackles him and pushes him into a ditch. Come on, man. Yeah, uh, brilliant scientist. He gets <laughs> bombarded with gamma rays, but instead of killing him, he becomes the Incredible Hulk whenever he loses control of his temper. And it's basically the Jekyll and Hyde story, essentially. Uh, if Hyde wasn't a sociopath and more of a, I'm going to cause a lot of property damage kind of guy. He actually appears first in Incredible Hulk number one in 1962, which is canceled after six issues, and then becomes half of the story in Tales to Astonish later in, in the 60s. In the, oh, in the right. I did not know that. Thank you, Josh. I, I think, well, so Marvel Comics could only publish so many comics uh, because of the distribution rights. So they had to use DC's distribution path. So DC limited them to the number of comics. So they combined the Incredible Hulk and Tales to Astonish, first with, uh, I think, Submariner, and then maybe Ant-Man or... Yeah, I can't remember who the other half of the comic was, honestly. Yeah, but, yeah, so... Hulk eventually got his own comic book back when they did away with Tales to Astonish and then broke up the Hulk and whoever he was partnering with there. He's also a one of the founding members of the Avengers. Uh, they were all brought together by Loki because Loki convinced everybody that Hulk was a menace. Really, Hulk just wanted to be left alone. Leave Hulk alone. Uh, at this point, what color is the Hulk? So the Hulk was gray originally. So there's a number of different iterations of Bruce Banner's Hulk. Uh, the gray Hulk, he, uh, the green Hulk, 
He has also got multiple personality disorder. So in addition to Joe Fixit, uh, who which I'll talk is, about a little bit later, um, he's got the monster. He's also got the Devil Hulk. Um, he's got several different personalities, uh, all battling for control of the Hulk. And just a, a little side note there: one of the more interesting little theories that have been going around in the Marvel universe isn't that Bruce Banner is alive. And what happened, the Hulk is here to, uh, you know, Bruce Banner isn't saving us from the Hulk. It's actually that the Hulk is saving us from Bruce Banner because the Hulk is the iteration of what happens when Banner gets super angry. But when Banner gets angry as a scientist, he could be more dangerous. So and he's a very dangerous scientist. Uh, This all stems from the fact that he was very, very abused as a child. He was never. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Tom, if you want to. He had an abusive father. Right. So he definitely has the trauma that's known to cause multiple personality disorder. And also anger issues. I can I can tell you right now from a uh, a childhood that was uh, had a couple fist fights in it. Uh, you don't get over that very easily or very quickly. And uh, it does give you anger issues and a lot of self-esteem issues. And you can see this easily in the character of Bruce Banner. And even going back, I know they kind of shoehorn this in a little bit, but they show in the comics, especially even in that first gamma bomb experiment, that he was so in need of being told that he was good at what he did and so needed to be called good that he was willing to break some rules when it came to science. The gamma bomb was a very irresponsible bomb to let off. And he only did it to prove himself to General Thunderbolt Ross, whose daughter at the time he was trying to woo, but Thunderbolt Ross didn't think much of him. That's a little bit shoehorned over, but it makes perfect, perfect sense. And they also show other times in college where he got kicked out of college classes uh, because he was too willing to make shortcuts to prove that he was right and that he was good. And speaking of college, his college roommate was Walt Langowski, a.k.a. Sasquatch, the star football player who was also a decent scientist. Uh, He's not on the level of Banner, but still considered brilliant among his peers. He uh, we could do a whole episode on Sasquatch, so I'll just stop talking about that. But in the um, in the comics, when they show flashbacks to college. Banner's a real dick. To Arrogant, everybody. full of himself, always yeah. trying to prove himself. Yes. He's a, he doesn't come off as a likable guy. Uh, though, as you were talking about the theories of protecting Banner from other people. There's also a theory that Banner protects people from the Hulk in that uh, when he s- does go on his rampages, very, very few times is anybody killed in his rampages. That the Hulk kind of systematically makes sure he doesn't kill anybody. However, that that goes out the window depending on which comic series you're running, you're reading, because sometimes Hulk can be very vengeful to oh, yeah. <laughs> to people who deserve to be hurt. He will break every bone in their body. And sometimes to people who have just slighted him very insignificantly, he will break every bone in their body. Yeah. I think it's in the ultimate Hulk verse where Bruce Banner is actually in control of what he calls Starship Hulk. And he's just like a little guy, you know, a, a, an image living in his brain in total control of this beast. And that's when things go really rough uh, because Banner is once again, you know, not the nicest of guys. Especially in the Ultimate Universe. Oh my god, the Ultimate Universe has one of the most memorable scenes with the Hulk climbing up. For Betty Ross, go ahead. Oh, Betty, Hulk horny. Like, he is just planning on raping her. Um, It is horrific. It couldn't last that long. That's all I'm saying. You're not getting raped by the Hulk for a half hour. So yeah, he's got a, 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 the, the laundry list of personalities. So we've got Banner, the Hulk, sometimes referred to as the Savage Hulk. 
Professor yeah, Hulk. The the merged Hulk office and yeah, the Professor Professor Hulk. Uh Doc Green. Uh you mentioned the Devil or Immortal Hulk. Gravage, Dark Hulk, Guilt Hulk, Green Scar, Clue, which is I think is the most hilarious with this Hulk backwards. Uh and Titan. The Maestro. What's that? The Maestro is a future imperfect oh, Hulk. Future yeah. imperfect. I don't yeah, know. I, I, think I didn't count. Didn't get it on my list. No, no, I'm sure it does. I didn't. Does, didn't yeah. I that one's the list really terrifying. <laughs> uh, let me talk so, a little bit. Everyone probably has their favorite iteration. I like Joe Fixit. So to go uh, just a little bit into Joe Fixit, it's a personality that came out where the Hulk is much more in charge of himself. He dresses in suits. He's basically a mob enforcer, and his power level is diminished, but not that much. He's still pretty much totally invulnerable. He is as strong as he needs to be because he's not getting that angry because nothing's he's more of a street level monster at this point. So nothing's really hurting him enough to make him mad. He uh, goes toe to toe with the Kingpin and the Kingpin does not do well against the Hulk, as you might be able to guess. The Hulk is not trying to rise in rank which I thought it was interesting until I saw why he didn't want to rise in rank. I don't want to be a boss. Bosses have to do stuff all day. I want the boss to call me. I'll go fix it. And then I got the rest of the day to do whatever I want. Right. It seems very, very cut and dry to me. I don't know why more supervillains don't do this route. Christ, you are Joe fix it, Tom. That's why you like this character. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to work all day. I want there to be a problem. I want to fix the problem. I want to go home and watch Xena. I'm good at this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank yeah. you, Tommy. I'll be Joe fix it. Uh, let's have another Hulk. Who's got another fave? So I, I, I don't really have a favorite, but um, so I've never really read a lot of Hulk. Uh, I've read a lot of things that the Hulk is in, uh, like at the Avengers and other things. So in preparing for this, I, I decided to uh, to read some Hulk and and I I was like, oh, Peter David's a good writer. I'll read some of the Peter David Hulk. And so I read Hulk visionaries and and I was kind of struck because I've always seen the Hulk as someone that, you know, Bruce Banner has always worked towards ridding himself of the Hulk. Like most of the storylines, it's the Hulk has been Bruce Banner's curse that he's tried to get rid of. And in Peter David's run, it starts out with Bruce Banner has been cured of the Hulk. They're two separate entities at that point. And almost immediately, uh, Rick Jones has also been transformed into a Hulk. And Bruce Banner creates machinery to make himself the Hulk again to save Rick Jones. And I just thought it was very interesting that, like, you know, he's willing to do that to to go and become the Hulk again to save Rick Jones even though for years and years like that is what he's tried to do is like get rid of the Hulk it also plays to his arrogance that he believes that he is better able to control the Hulk than Rick Jones yeah yeah uh, the Peter David run was good I really enjoyed it was a run in the uh, early 2000s uh, right before it became the Incredible Hulk turned into the Incredible Hercules, and the writers during that period did Horror Hulk, where all of the stories had a horror bent to them, which I thought was really good. And then preparing for this podcast, I read the first two graphic novels of the Immortal Hulk, and I got to tell you, Al Ewing knocked it out of the park this is easily the best hulk stories and if you're trying to get an idea of hulk's story past because you know we go back into the 60s so we're looking at 60 years of storytelling about this character he kind of sums it up in those first two graphic novels by having flashbacks and telling you uh, the Hulk story from different people's points of view at the same time, but it is definitely a horror comic. And the idea behind that is that the gamma bomb did not just release radiation. 
it opened a door into hell. And Bruce Banner is dead. When he transforms into the Hulk, he gets transported to hell and the Hulk takes his place. And that is what's been going on. But Banner has been forgetting it every time. So it just always starts new going back into hell when the Hulk takes over. It's a very gruesome series, but so well written. I was I was loving it. It's easily my favorite Hulk story. And I also read uh, World War Hulk again pales in comparison to uh, the horror Hulk that is the immortal Hulk. I've never heard that one before. That sounds really good. I might try that one. Josh, I think I might have a guess, but from your background, what your favorite Hulk story might be. Oh, I mean, God, I wish I owned that fucking comic. God I damn do it, own Josh. this comic, Hulk 340. How much uh, is that comic worth, Josh? I don't know, honestly. It's not as much as you'd think, honestly. It's maybe a couple hundred bucks. Mike, we can make this miracle happen for you then. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful cover. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's one of my favorite covers of all time. Uh, it, this is during the Mr. Fix-It era. Uh, so Hulk is gray and intelligent in the personality of Joe Fix-It, but not Bruce Banner. And uh, Wolverine and him just have one of the most brutal fights you'll ever find in a comic book. Just, just fan- and, it's, and it's just a, like, side-of-the-road random encounter. There's no rhyme nor reason it's just an it's just a one-off story uh in the middle of uh in the middle of nowhere and just the battles between him and hulk on a few occasions have been have been brilliant i mean wolverine's first appearance is is literally in a him and uh um wendigo wendigo uh uh and the hulk so i but the hulk himself i i i've always liked him as a as a force rather than a character. Like I never read long stretches of the Hulk, but he's basically in everything in Marvel at some point. And, uh, and I'm never, I'm never sad when he is, you know, like he's, he's just one of those. Yeah. Just, he is the force of nature for me for, for Marvel. So even though you have other characters, maybe like Juggernaut and yada, 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 all the other uh, sort of big heavyweight bruisers for me, the, the Hulk, uh, transcends those characters in a lot of ways in his longevity uh, and the amount of storytelling they've done around him. And just as the, both the hero and the adversary when they need him and all the personalities that he has and probably will have uh, go a long way to add a lot to Marvel storytelling through the years. And I think probably everybody's first experience with the Hulk was the TV show, right? Yeah. Well, of a certain age, certainly. Uh, you're talking about the... For us, the four of us. For, the four, the of, four us, of us, yeah. Yeah, the four of us. I would say, yeah, I think that might be the first time I saw the Hulk. Was that old, old... Um, what kind of animation was that called? <laughs> Shitty? Animation. 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 It was live action. No, yeah, live action. no uh, for me, before that, there was the really, really, really old, uh, barely animated cartoon. I don't that know if that first. came before the TV show. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Well, you know what? I can. We all have a supercomputer. Yeah, you yeah. guys talk about the TV show because it is interesting, and I'll look that up. Uh, yeah, there's not much to sell. Bill Bixby is David Banner rather than Bruce Banner. Anybody know like why? The yeah, they didn't like the alliteration because of uh, Batman, right? Uh, I believe they thought Bruce was too gay. I don't think. That was a 1970s thing. I don't know. They, I they definitely they didn't, didn't like, like Bruce. I, yeah, I thought I thought they shied away because of Batman because it was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, that anyways, first cartoon, by the way, was 1966. Yeah. Yeah, you were the only one alive in 66, and you were a baby. You wouldn't remember that cartoon. I, I was born. <laughs> I was born in 67, but I saw the cartoons. They were the weird ones where the mouth moved, but the head didn't. They made a Thor one, a Captain America one. An Iron Man one? Yeah. yeah I know. Okay. Why did you back me up, you son of a bitch? <laughs> I did. I said they came before. Right. I don't know that you saw it before, but I, I know that they came before. Oh, I saw it before. Go on, Mike. Sorry. 
No, I, I pretty much nailed the whole thing. He just every episode he goes into a new town, something bad happens, he gets angry. You won't like him when he's angry, but actually you'll love him when he's angry. Lou Ferrigno, body sprayed green, green. Yeah. comes out, smashes, and, and then, then walks uh, away. Like what other big change? Away. One other big change of the TV show is he was actually not the victim of a gamma bomb, uh, like in the comic books or in the original cartoon, but he was experimenting to unleash his human potential, kind of like a uh, Captain America kind of thing. Uh, he wanted to, yeah. Remember, he got in the chair and he shot. I thought himself he was off. trying to cure his own cancer. No. 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 He was uh, well. I remember that. I, I think Tom's right on this. I think he yeah, was I, trying I remember to that He's like experimenting and unlocking the human potential. Yeah, I don't remember anything about cancer because, like, like parents could uh, uh, become powerful when their kids were trapped and. And all these different things. So he was trying to figure that out. Yeah. I think was, Tommy's got it there. He was hounded by a reporter named Jack McGee. Yeah. Jack McGee. That guy would not leave that bone alone. And by the way, Jack, what kind of a reporter are you? If you run into the Hulk and Bruce Banner in every little shitty town all across America and never put two and two together. Never figure it out. Come on, man. Oh, he's doing it because he his his wife died in a car accident. And he couldn't save her. Yeah, because he wanted to unlock the human potential. He should yeah, have been he able wanted to make sure yeah, like people could survive car accidents. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, he should just come up with seatbelts. Fucking brilliant scientist. <laughs> seatbelts I mean, in crumble zones, right? Thank you, Ralph yeah. Nader. <laughs> seatbelts are for bitches. Thank you, everyone besides Ralph Nader in 1972. <laughs> I I finally recall standing up on the front seat of a car. <laughs> that was awesome. I um, there's a couple other colors into being recalled because of explosions. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple other uh, colors of the Hulk that we didn't get to. Uh, red Hulk. Anybody know why Hulk was red? Well, that's, that's that's not a Hulk, different Hulk. character. That's a different character. Oh, that's Thunderbolt Ross. That's, oh, yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. Okay. Maestro Hulk is the Hulk in the future, and that's truly terrifying. He does some really horrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah, if you read the old Man Logan series um, and Future Imperfect, yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. Nasty stuff. You talk about brutal. That side of the road fight, Josh, you are not incorrect. That is one of the most brutal, I'll say, PG-13 plus battles ever. Yeah. But that one is rated triple R, maybe X for violence. That, yeah. one, that one's rough. Anyone got anything else to say about the Hulk? I mean, this is a big character with a lot going on. And there, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I believe yeah. we talked about Gamma Heroes at one point. So Doc Samson, She-Hulk, and all those other Hulks. Yeah, he spins off a, a whole menagerie of, uh, of green characters <laughs> in the Marvel Universe, right? So Yeah. If you're... Did, interested we have a podcast on hulk villains so we can go <laughs> yeah. back into podbean and scour through our back episodes and find that episode that's right and the leader is one of my favorite snap cards so <laughs> and we also did a, sh- a whole episode on shio because of the tv show and it was awesome and the comic book was awesome too i really enjoyed that comic. i'm hurting for a year and still to this day i hope they do a season two so of the not animated, the live action Hulk movies, we've got the uh, the Ang Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, and who was the, who the Ang Lee the was the second one. So you've got Eric Banya and Ed Norton and Mark Ed Ruffalo. Norton and Mark Ruffalo. Who's your favorite uh, Hulk actor? That that well. Wait, who is? No, no. I mean, you got to say who's the best Hulk. You can't say actor because Norton's no. going to win every time because Norton's the best actor, like one of the better okay. actors on the planet. But he wasn't a good Hulk. <laughs> or I mean, maybe he I was serviceable was a... as the Hulk. Yeah, it was, just, that... it was a really bad script. It was a bad script. He yeah. wasn't that passable as a Bruce Banner, though. So the, the first one, Eric Bana, that's the Ang Lee one, though, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. 
No, is it? I thought Ang Lee was the second one. No, Ang Lee's the first one. Where is that with, tr- the, with the dogs? Yes. Oh. And Absorbing Man. Yeah. And he he tried to he tried to do comic book panels, but only when it was completely inappropriate, and then didn't do comic book panels when it would have worked. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> he actually he actually reversed every idea into badness. Like Wait. he had yeah. So Abomination was the villain in the second one. Yeah, that yes. was the guy from Lie to Me. Yeah, Emil Blonsky, yeah. Yeah. So... So, Absorbing Man was the bad guy in the first Hulk movie? Yeah, right? Yeah. Eric Bana, Jennifer Conley, 2003. It's the Ang Lee movie. Yeah. I don't remember Absorbing Man. I just remember the stupid dogs. And it's, uh, what's his name? The the batshit crazy actor who's, uh... uh, Look, I, I have blocked both of these movies out of my mind, and I do not want them to come back. Jeff Bridges is in it, right? What? Yeah, he's Thunderbolt Ross. No. Oh, well, Ross is the same in all the movies, right? Hold on. Let me look at the cast here. So in the Ang Lee one, we got... I only remember the dogs. Eric Bana. Sam Elliott plays Ross on the first one. Oh, that was good. He was Jennifer Connelly is Betty Ross, right? Um... Here's the full all cast and crew. And. I think the thing on that one that really pissed me off the most was when he grabbed a tank by the turret and swung it around as if that's how physics works. As if <laughs> like, I know Josh joins his mind at that one. <laughs> and then, OK, who's and the second one is. That's Abomination. Is it Abomination or is that the third one? There's. No third one. What? There's no third one. The third movie he appeared in is Oh, it's Avengers. Avengers. Right, yeah. yeah. And then the next one is Ed Norton and the Abomination. Yeah, so the first one is Absorbing Man. I don't remember Absorbing Man. Anymore. I don't remember Absorbing Man. I just remember the dogs. Yeah, at the end, he, it's the guy who has the dogs and he's Absorbing Man. Yeah. Where does he absorb? He absorbs something right at the end of the movie. He becomes Absorbing Man, the last, like, the last three minutes of the movie. And it's, what's his name? The crazy act. Nick Nolte. It's Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte is, um, how did I blew this from my mind? I love Nick Nolte. Yeah. Now Nick I gotta Nolte, go crazy act. Yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. And at the yeah, end, he I does know how I like, blew it from like my mind. He, like, half electricity and half metal, and you realize he's been Absorbing Man the whole time. Did we realize that? <laughs> it I sounds did. like you're the only one who realized I'm that. telling you. Well, uh, you might be the only guy that made it to the end of the movie. <laughs> who made it to the <laughs> end of this thing? In IMDb, oh, I'm, hold on, I'm at the end of IMDb. It's at the very end, it said, who made it all the way through the movie, and it's Josh Hopper in the credits. Josh, <laughs> congratulations, you made IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one. You're yes, the one. I Good am the one. Man. That's a gorgeous joke. Yeah, good one, Tom. Thanks. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Any last words about the Incredible Hulk? That. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, uh, Mike, I think you you've convinced me to go uh, pick those up. Did you actually pick those up in graphic format and physical media? I'll read. No, those. I have them on Comicsology oh. because I'm old. Fair. And I Thank need. You. A Don't have any more shelf space like the rest of us. Essentially, yeah. No uh, no new comics are coming in. So, right. so I, I just thought it was funny that I went into this thinking the Hulk mythos is that Bruce Banner has always been trying to get rid of the Hulk. And I read two things for this, and that was the Hulk Visionaries volume number one written by Peter <laughs> David, where the Hulk immediately tried, well, Bruce Banner immediately tried to become the Hulk again. And then I also read... Hulk 131, because Iron Man was in it. And I was like, oh, I like old Iron Man stories. And in that, Bruce Banner had also been cured of the Hulk and had been split into two separate distinct individuals, Hulk being one, Bruce Banner another. And in that, he also, once again, opted to be reintegrated with the Hulk in order to save humanity, basically, from the Hulk. 
because he thought, you know, at least then he could partially control him. So Bruce I Banner. I say, Wikipedia bad. backs me up here. <laughs> About what? Very bad. Uh, Nick Nolte is David Banner, Bruce's mentally unstable <coughs> biological father, who also a genetics research scientist, spent several years locked away for causing a gamma reactor explosion and accidentally killing his wife, Edith. David eventually gains absorbing powers, reminiscent of the character Absorbing Man, which first appeared in the film's early scripts. At one time, he also becomes a towering creature composed of electricity, one of the Hulk's enemies in the comic series. Nolte agreed to participate in the film when Lee described the project as a great tragedy, horribly lying to Nick Nolte. I added that last bit, but it's not it's not untrue. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not untrue. I'm not wrong. Well, he was right about the tragedy part. <laughs> it was a very tragic film. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed to participate in the film when Lee described how he tried to use thought bubbles and comic book frames as horribly tragic, possibly Grecian, with its formula. Hey guys, uh, a character who appeared in Animal House was the voice of the Hulk in the old cartoon. Anybody got a guess? Uh, the guy who played Ogre. Who played who? Ogre. Ogre. The guy who played no, Ogre. Ogre was nope. not in Animal House. That's Revenge oh, of the right. Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. That was Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, no, uh, that can't be Blutowski. Yeah, uh, the other one. D-Day. The Dean, you got it. Dean Werner, whose Dean name is Warren? John Werner, by the way. Wow. <laughs> Coincidence? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. He was the voice of the Hulk. I'll get you, Animal House! <laughs> Nice. All right. All right. Mikey. Sweet, sweet Mikey. You got anything at the front of the long box? I do. Uh, but instead of a comic book, we're going to play a game. We're going to talk about banned books. Uh, this is all information I gathered from the American Library Association. Wait, wait, uh, wait. Mike, in that case, let me talk about the back of the long box in case this book is banned. Okay. So this week I've got I Am Not Okay With This by Chuck Forsman, uh, released in uh, December of 2017, later made into a Netflix series. It is a great slice of life slash uh, person coming to terms with the fact that they have superpowers uh, and experiencing puberty all at the same time um, book. Uh, It's a really great book. It's about a teenager who's 15, trying to figure her way out in the world, uh, coming to terms with her sexuality, uh, coming to terms with the fact that she's just lost her father. Her father was a war vet who was having a hard time dealing with everything that happened. Uh, And she's just having a hard time in the world. And it's all about that experience. And on top of that, she kind of has telekinetic powers and and is not really sure how to deal with all of that and it's 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 a great read um it's short it's 160 pages but a, a fantastic little book well it sounds cool. like a great book I will was it one it of the ones was it one of the ones that was banned mike I don't recognize it as a banned book, but I'm not saying it's not a banned book. It's been in my Netflix queue for a while. I should I should get to that. Mikey, what do you have as that game you mentioned? Okay. So for the game we're going to play, it's, uh, again, information from the American Library Association on banned books. I'm going to give you a decade, and you are going to tell me if any – and maybe which comics made the list of the top 100 banned books. Uh, so years. for the 1990s, just FYI, the number one, this is from 1990 to 1999, the number one banned book was Scary Stories by Alvin Schwartz. Were there any comics? And if so, what comic books made the list? Mouse. Mouse did not make the list. Watchmen. Watchmen did not make the list. In fact, 90s. there are no comic books on that list. The closest one is a picture book for children called Daddy's Roommate. 
which was number two out of the top 100. Did we uh, look at that one? Does that deserve some banning? What are we talking here? We look at uh, Daddy's roommate. What's Daddy's roommate? I, I've seen Daddy's roommate, and it's actually yeah, very it's, nice telling of um, just a young boy explaining that his father has a roommate. Yeah. I mean, that his father's gay, or that he has a roommate. His father's gay, and yeah. it's okay. his roommate. Okay, I, I, we don't need to. Use I'm not even sure if that is ever. Like, I, I read the book a long time ago. I'm not sure if it really says much about gay at all. It just talks about daddy no longer lives with mommy, and now he has a roommate, and they're very nice. And it's kind of told more from the side of the the kid than anything else. Is that right, Mike? Did you read it? You are correct, Tom. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's told from a child's point of view. So there's very little sex or anything. There's very little to be mad about in that that picture book. Sorry, Mike, go on. Uh, now we're moving on to the 2000s. 2000 to 2009, the number one banned book was the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. And by banned, I mean challenged, I should challenged. say. Yeah, not necessarily banned. Um, were any comics... Uh, in the 2000s, did they make the list of top 100? And if so, what would it be? I'm going to go with Persephone. Persephilus? Persephilus. Am I too early? Uh, you are too early. Tommy? Josh? 2000s? Nine. Up to 2009. Wow, we don't start banning stuff until way later. Okay. No, yeah. no, I'm not saying that they no. weren't challenged. No, I'm pretty sure the top 100. I'm pretty sure both Josh and Tommy's last two guesses are on this one. Yeah, Mouse uh, definitely oh. was being challenged then, and so was Persephilus, and so was um, Watchmen. Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was we were just early on those two. LT, you got a guess? You can say nothing. No, I... Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, you guys are right. There was no comic book that made the list. The closest we have is, a, again, a child's picture book called Entango Makes Three, which we have reviewed in the past. Um, now, moving into the 2010s, 2010 to 2019... Uh, the number one banned book was Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian by Sherman Alexie. Did any, I will tell you this, now graphic novels are making the list of most challenged books. Um, uh, there are one, two, three, four, five on the list, and you already got one of them, Persephilus. Did Young Protectors make the list? No. I'll give you a hint. It is by the most successful, one of them, number seven, is by the most successful graphic novelist of all time. Raina Tellbacker. It's called Drama, um, and it is an adorable book. Number 16 is one of our favorite books. In fact, Bone? I've given it – there you go. Bone, yes. Uh, number 31 was made into a uh, Tony Award-winning Broadway play. Uh, Dear Evan Hansen? Nope, Fun Home. Oh, I was going to say Fun Home. Damn it. Number 40 was Persephilus. And number 97 uh, was a book by Robert Kirkman. Walking Dead? Yep. The Walking Dead series. Hmm. Uh, Cut to last year. Out of the top 10 books banned, two of them were graphic novels. Number one and number four were both graphic novels. 
uh, yeah, we keep talking about number one is um shit. Wasn't Flamer. Flamer is number four. That is the second most uh, graphic novel in graphic novel. And number one is Gender Queer. Gender Queer, yeah. Gender Queer. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Is that just, we, uh, no, go ahead, Tom. I was going to ask, uh, was uh, Gender Outlaw uh, on the list? That came so out I, uh, I just have of the top 10 of uh, last year and then I have the top 100 from the decade in that that's all courtesy of the ALA gotcha great list great game and something we should always be mindful of remember banned book lists are great reading lists what don't they want to read sorry yeah what? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry, yeah, that was a bit tangential of me. And tangents or Josh's purview. Josh, you got a tangent for us? Yeah, we're talking about uh the uh Hulk today, so I'm gonna say what is your favorite green food? Bonus points if it's not green at some point in its life, it becomes green prior to its consumption. What if what if it's multicolored? I mean it can be. I'm okay. just saying, you're probably not scoring bonus points on multicolored. I mean, the points are arbitrary and nobody wins, but. All right, points. I'm going to go. Uh, falafel. It's brown on the outside, but you, you break it open and it's green on the inside. I'm mean, like a good falafel. It's probably not my favorite, but I, I like a good falafel. I'm going to go with pesto chicken. I do love pesto. Man, yeah, I love me a man, me pesto me. chicken. You put pesto on just about anything, and I'm, I'm, pro- I'm, I'm through the door. I'm going to go with broccoli. I love broccoli. I love chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Chopping, chopping. She's chopping. She's chopping. Chop, 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 chop. In fact, last night we went out to dinner, and uh, instead of French fries, I got steamed broccoli. They put some garlic aioli on it along with some butter. Steamed. Uh, it was delicious. It was better than the main dish. Did you have a big pull of crap as your main dish? <laughs> Is that what you I want? love broccoli. <laughs> I'm okay with broccoli. I eat broccoli because broccoli should be consumed. <laughs> I like broccoli, but I don't I don't know that I like it that much, Mike. <laughs> I, I like it in curry actually. If it's if it's if I get a big curry going, I find the broccoli a little bit in there. Not bad. What about I, you, Josh? Uh, I mean, I love me pickles. Like, don't get me wrong, I love fucking pickles. Like all over the all, all over the world, pickles. Um, and I'm gonna go as for my uh, my 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 secondary, my backup, avocados. I fucking love avocados, man. Ooh, like avocados avocado. are good. Yeah. Oh man, you can zucchini do so much with too. fucking avocados. Oh, you're wrong about zucchini, but okay. I mean, zucchini's great is a great filler. Yeah. Like it, it can fill a lot out. But I don't think I don't think zucchini shines for me as a food. Like, but it, I mean, you could do it like mixed vegetables. It's a great filler. It put it, it puts some some meat into a vegetarian dish. I'll give it yeah. that. But uh, but the flavor of zucchini, eh, yeah, it's really what you put on it. But like, you just sprinkle a little salt on a fucking avocado. It's fucking delicious. Salt, you monster! Just put it on toast, man. <laughs> yeah, with salt. I do have a 3 to 18 real quick just because I saw this game. Uh, It's not a game we've done yet. uh, Stratego. Uh, I haven't played Stratego in years, but I used to love playing. You you never played Stratego? Oh, no, I did. I had it when I was a kid, but nobody would play with me. I love Stratego. I'm going to give Stratego like a solid 16. And the only reason it loses points is people don't want to fucking play it. I first played with Mikey. No, you did I, not, because I've never played Stratego. Oh, I'm sure you did. No, nobody no. would fucking play Stratego with me. Mike, I owned it. Nobody would play with me. I will say this. I don't actually remember playing with you. I do remember playing it in your house, though. Maybe me and Jay played it upstairs in your, uh, on the table. Did you get Did stabbed? they still make Stratego? 
Oh, yeah. You don't know. I'm going to look it up right now on Amazon. Did you have, what was your, what was your bomb placement theory, Josh? All around your general or what? No, no. My, you got, you had to place them somewhere else a little bit, just, just to, as a feint. Front left for me always. Cause right-handed front people have left. a tendency to move the right hand pieces first. Yeah. And so all like the few times I played with my friend Rob, when I was little, he would always move his right side up first. So I'd always put him up there. I would surround the general, but but I have them a little bit back. Yeah, but you always had to put a couple somewhere else to yeah. as a feint. Yeah, you can still get Stratega. Yeah. Well, T, you and Tom are the only ones who actually played it. No, Josh played it a couple times. A couple of times, and then people just stopped playing with me. Yeah. I, I'd give Because they're all right-handed, you monster. <laughs> I'm getting it right now. I'm going to have this fucking game by Tuesday. I mean, I didn't think it was that, I, like, after you played it a bunch, I didn't think it was that great of a game. Like, replayability. For me, it was, like, stupid chess. So it made me feel smart. <laughs> like, I picked I picked Stratego up like that. <laughs> it's a little bit like a combination of war and the card game war. Because you wanted to have your low numbers, you know, where you can move forward quickly. It's like checkers and if you ever played the game Minefield. <laughs> On yeah. your computer, but <laughs> and a little bit like the card game war, because you wanted to put your best cards where they could get, you know, yeah. And you yeah. had your D minor. You want to get your D minors on the mines because you could D mine them. Yeah, it's a fun game. I like it. I guess that brings us to plugs. Then who's got a plug in? Well, I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. And if you're wondering, where is the music? Shut up. You're not our producer. (laughs) If you'd like to be, you can go ahead and write to luckybastard at thelongboxguys.com, and uh, we'll hook you up. Yeah. We'll give you all the producer credits. Yeah. 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 Speaking of credit, I think we should also give some credit to – oh, shit, I don't remember who I – I guess we're the only ones who deserve credit. No, I'm kidding. Pensacon, our home con coming up soon in February. If uh, you are going to be in the Pensacola area, or even if you're not, you should go to the Pensacola area. Weekend of February 22nd, I want to say. Sure, sounds right to me. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, why not? Uh, going to have a whole bunch of incredible guests. We are going to be doing multiple panels and other things, hopefully. Yeah, scheduled to be announced soon. Scheduled to be announced soon. We did have to reapply, which gave us a chance to relook and reorganize some of our stuff and make sure everyone got a badge this year. Always a plus. Always look forward to it, though. We have a few new people in charge. Uh, hopefully, the few problems we had last year, which were minor, but uh, we're still kind of a pain in the butt, are smoothed out. Nothing that uh, the new guys couldn't uh, couldn't manage. Getting the doors open on time, that's kind of a big one for us. And they were a little late last time, and that was... Pentacon, February 23rd to 25th. Yep. Unfortunately, the original Flash guy had to get to, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, John Wesley Ship, no? John Wesley Ship, yeah. He had to He had to cancel uh, yesterday. Sad to hear that because I really wanted to. I, I, I loved him in Ted. <laughs> he was really funny in Ted. <laughs> God, was he funny in Ted. Uh, and he's been funny in a lot of other stuff, too. Wish we could see him, but he's not going to be there. Uh, but uh, James Masters is going to Masters, Masters, Spike, yeah. Masters. He's going to be there, and I like him a lot. So look yeah. forward to seeing him. Uh, for he does all the audiobooks for the Dresden Files, and I can't I can't imagine anybody else doing Dresden's voice uh, now. Okay. Yeah. I certainly the can't guy. imagine the the actor who played it doing it because he was terrible. <laughs> He was awful. It wasn't good. Terrible. I I, I enjoyed the series, but it wasn't the Dresden Files. I'm kind of with Tommy on this. I tried to pretend it was somebody else. (laughs) Okay. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to plug our Patreon page for a mere $1 a month. Wait. Same cost as downtown? Same cost as downtown. 
you can uh, sponsor us, get an extra podcast, and know in your heart of hearts you're doing some good because all that money goes to my good friend Tommy and the Elizabeth Peabody House, which feeds how many families, Tommy? Oh, we fed over 110 families last week. I'm sorry, Josh, did you did you want to pull back on that? No, you were like, and all the money goes to my good friend Tommy. Oh. And uh, the 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 <laughs> bank. It goes to Tommy. All the money goes to Elizabeth Peabody House Food Pantry. Who's <laughs> in charge uh, of the food pantry? That's different. That that's is different. different. That is different. That's, there's a, different. A, there's that's a, a 50-50 there. split. That's a 50-50 Ten cents for me, 90 cents for you, you 90 cents for me. You balance the books that you want. I balance them how I want. Yeah, everyone's happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Hungry people are happy. They get a sandwich or something nice. Who knows? I'm gonna go on another quick tangent. Oh, I know. I just, I just love this story today. It's the first time I saw it, and it was Dave Grohl doing an impersonation of Christopher Walken, because Christopher Walken introduced him on Saturday Night Live once, <laughs> and Walken went up to Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl's the lead singer of Foo Fighters, in case anybody doesn't know. And I Christopher it was the Walken for Nirvana. Same thing. <laughs> And he went up and I he asked. I thought it was a guy that was in uh, Studio 666. Also the same thing. And Walken walked up and asked Dave Grohl where the emphasis was. And he was like, where's uh, the emphasis? Is, is it on the foo or the fighters? And Dave Grohl's like, he's like, I know what I should have said, but I really wanted to hear him to say it this way. So I told him it's on fighters. And so Walken went out and went, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, our, our musical guests, fighters. <laughs> and, and every time Dave Grohl tells the story, he's in fucking stitches over it. And it just makes me laugh that Dave Grohl finds it so funny that he is the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. We're the Foo uh, Fighters over here. Yeah. Oh, there's a Foo. The, the Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. <laughs> You got diabetes. <laughs> I'd like to plug geekorthodox.com. 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 Hi, hi, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com for very fine stained glass prints, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, sake sets, you name it, they've got it over at geekorthodox.com. For all your apparel needs, you need to go to ianlino.com because they've got so much stuff. They can't contain it all on one website. That's how much stuff they've got. And they will be staying with us when we go to uh, Pensacon coming up, right? Yeah. And they will have a booth selling their wares at Pensacon. Are they going to be in the booth? I think they're going to be at the booth. You know how hard it is to find that CD, by the way? Adam Sandler has done so much to bury his original CDs that Tollbooth Willie is almost a legend at this point. (laughs) I'm coming out of the booth. That's <laughs> it. Different time. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll do it for us this week on the Long Box, guys. Josh, Pentagon, your sector? Uh, it's totally my sector. We still got to get that T-shirt made. <laughs> LT. Sweet, sweet LT. Any words of wisdom for us? Yeah, man. Just go do some good in the world. Do a little good. You know what? You'll feel better. And that's the truth. Yeah. Mikey, what's this podcast like to you? It's like Hulk smash. Hulk smash. And don't forget what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Just try and promote what you're going to love. You'll live longer, I promise you. Good night from the long box, guys. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.